0: In Japan, no place is safe when it comes to malevolent spirits who want to kill you. These urban legends and ages-old folklore have played a role in Japanese culture for thousands of years, and stories of new spirits continue to be told today. These modern stories have vague origins and are often told as truth since they cannot be confirmed or disproved, heightening their believability and horror. Japan's wideness of culture has conjured tales of vengeful, malevolent spirits, modern ghosts, and yokai that continue to terrify generations. As with any oral story, there are multiple variations of these tales. More than one of these tales takes place in the washroom of a school where many children are already scared to go alone. So turn off your lights, sit back, and make sure no one is watching you from the dark while we delve into another frightening Japanese legend. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes too, The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. As a child, my little sister Kofku wasn't quite as sociable as the other kids. She only liked to talk to the teacher and read her favorite books alone under the slides on the playground. This kept her from making friends for the entirety of our childhood. That is why she got so excited when she overheard her classmates talking about the sad girl that hid in the girls' bathroom on the third floor in the third stall. Kofku told me how she had overheard her classmates talking about her and hearing about this sad girl had reminded her of herself. Something within herself urged her to meet this girl they were calling Hanako, though I didn't understand why. So after eavesdropping on the conversation with her classmates, Kofuku figured out how to get her to open the bathroom stall for her. One day after lunch, during recess, she dragged me with her to the third floor and into the girl's bathroom. I watched as she approached the third stall I realized we were alone in the bathroom. Even as a child, this didn't upset Kofku in the slightest. She had always been brave. Me, on the other hand, had been trembling since the moment she mentioned we were going to try this out. I inhaled deeply as my younger sister took a step forward towards the stall. She raised her tiny fist up quickly and gave the door three loud knocks. Despite the bravery she put on display in that moment, I took notice of the way her hand trembled as she banged on the door, unnecessarily hard, causing a loud echo that people outside the bathroom could hear pretty clearly. After three loud knocks, she spoke up. ''Hanako-san!'' Kofuku spoke into the silence, her voice echoed throughout the small bathroom. I clenched the front of my shirt as she continued, ''Are you present?'' The bathroom fell silent for several long moments. I opened my mouth to possibly convince my sister to leave while we still had a chance. The moment I stepped in the bathroom, nothing felt right at all. It was eerily quiet in the room for a couple of more seconds until finally a whisper cut through the air. A voice that didn't belong to neither me nor my sister a voice that sent chills down my spine as soon as it reached my ears. Yes, I am, the voice had responded to my sister. I stared at the stall door in horror and snapped my head to look at Kofku. I wasn't sure if it was her just trying to mess with me, but that thought immediately shut down as the stall door unlocked and slowly creaked open. A small hand slowly reached out through the gap of the door, reaching down to grab a hold of Kofuku's wrist. Before I could reach out to stop the interaction, the hand pulled Kofuku into the stall with an insane amount of force. Something a little girl shouldn't have been able to accomplish with so little effort. I screamed and fell back onto the floor. I could see from under the stall the way my sister was being dragged across the floor by her wrist. We made brief eye contact. Terror flooded her features, and just like that, her face was out of my line of sight. The last thing I remember hearing is her ear-piercing screams and the sounds of her bones snapping as she disappeared completely without a trace. I wasted no time. I stood and ran out of the bathroom as quickly as I could, pushing my little legs as far as they could go That day, I told no one what happened. I cried and cried, but no matter how many questions were asked, I didn't answer a single one. The look on Kofuku's face flashed through my mind every second of the day. Weeks later, I tried to tell my parents what happened, but they didn't believe me. They thought that I was just traumatized and making things up. Even now, As I enter my last year of high school, after the event, I never set foot into a public restroom again. There was even a period of time where I couldn't even be alone in a bathroom without being sent into an anxiety attack. These days, I've become numb. I still avoid most public restrooms, but they don't have the same effect on me as they did before. It's like I've grown used to the feelings that run through me every time I set foot in one today I stood in front of that same elementary school, where it had all taken place. Not long before the incident happened, my mother had announced she was pregnant. Losing Kofuku was much harder on my parents because of this, but nonetheless they pushed through, and my mother gave birth to a healthy baby boy named Dairoku. I stared up at the building, my grip tightening on my younger brother's hand but not enough to cause any harm. I took in a deep breath and then looked down at him with a soft smile. It was his first day of school after all. He must have been nervous. He had never experienced public school before. After the incident, my father decided we'd be homeschooled instead. When Dairoku was finally old enough to start homeschooling, he was ecstatic. He had always been a huge fan of learning new things. His favorite things to watch even now are animal documentaries. After a couple of years, Dairoku became restless and began to show interest in going to public school. At first, when he had brought it up, my mother had almost fainted from shock. She and my father had immediately shut the idea down, to which I was very thankful. But Dairoku, even as young as he was, never gave up easily. He just couldn't drop the subject. Finally, after an entire year, our parents agreed. When I found out, I didn't know how to react. Dread filled my body the moment they told me. I had a terrible feeling about this, but much like all children, I didn't have much to say in the matter, which is why I now stood outside that same elementary school, the very same one where my sister had been taken away from me where she had lost her life from that, that demon. I couldn't even think of her name. That was way too much for me to handle. I stared down at Dairoku and worrying thoughts filled my head. Could it happen to him too? I thought back on what Kofuku had told me. The supposed steps to get that thing to answer the door for you were too specific. Not to mention it had been in the girls' bathroom. Dairoku had no reason to go into the girls' bathroom, not that I knew of. In fact, he could get into a lot of trouble if he did. These thoughts reassured me. Miku! Dairoku stared up at me, clearly confused by my daze. I shook my head and got down on one knee, placing both hands on his shoulders to have him face me. He had a small pout on his face, clearly upset about something. Is there something wrong? I asked softly. A small, comforting smile swept across my lips. How come Mom and Dad couldn't come? He pushed up his glasses with the back of his hand. They were clearly a little too big for his head, but it couldn't be helped. Dairoku, you know they have to work. They're making money so we can have food and so we can keep our house. His pout grew deeper. But they work every day. Disappointment laced his quiet, almost unheard tone. I ruffled his hair and stood back up, adjusting his glasses for him so they'd cling to his face easier. They're workaholics. They love to work just as much as you love learning, you know. His eyes brightened up a bit and his posture perked up. They do? Really? Their jobs must be very important then, huh? I laughed and bent down to pinch his cheeks, much to his disliking. I stood back up straight and my gaze landed on a random window just by chance. And I froze completely when my eyes met with something eerily familiar.
1: With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android.
0: Japan, notorious for its relationship with the otherworldly, takes superstitions to a whole new level. As home of countless superstitions of the paranormal and having such a variety of these beliefs, it is no surprise that there are superstitions involving bathroom hauntings. While there are many kinds of these stories, this urban legend is about the ghost of a little girl called Hanako-san, or sometimes known as Hanako-chan, who haunts female restrooms and schools. In Japanese culture, she is known as a yokai, which is a supernatural spirit or demon in Japanese folklore, and is similar with what Western culture considers a ghost. This legend has many variations, but we will begin with the most popular version that seemed to have the most claimed accounts for it. This story begins with Hanako-san, an elementary-age schoolgirl who was playing hide-and-seek when she was killed by a bombing raid in World War II. It is said that she was hiding in the first stall closest to the entrance of the girls' restroom on the third floor when the tragedy happened. Many have claimed that this very stall opens and closes on its own, but in truth, it may really be Hanako-san's attempt at luring schoolgirls. In Japan, the elementary school bathrooms are notorious for their poor lighting, and as a result, children often refuse to use the bathroom, even in dire emergencies and fear of Hanako-san, or other entities that may exist. It is said in one version of the story that between the hours of 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. in the morning, in the girls' bathroom, if you knock three times on the first stall closest to the entrance on the third floor of the elementary school, and ask if Hanako-san is there, or is done yet, and repeat this to the next stalls, you may hear a response of what seems like an innocent, sometimes scared, young girl. Hanako-san will answer, I'm here, or I'm done, and the stall door opens just a crack. There are some stories where people have opened the stall expecting to see this girl only to be confronted by a three-headed lizard ready to devour them. As frightening as this may be, an even more terrifying legend exists that is more widely believed. It is thought to be an absolute truth to most children. They believe what you really encounter is the sight of a young innocent schoolgirl with bobbed hair and a burn scar on her face, wearing, most noticeably, a red skirt or dress. Some say she is harmless, while others claim to have witnessed firsthand the evil nature behind Hanako san as she pulls her victim into the toilet, never to be seen again. There are other versions of the story that we must consider. In some other accounts and popular beliefs to this legend, in some schools or prefectures, students have claimed to have seen other paranormal activities at the presence of Hanako-san, such as the flickering of light, opening and closing of bathroom stalls, and blood flowing from the faucets. In some schools or prefectures, it is believed that Hanako-san may be found in the third stall or in the fourth stall, as the number four in Japanese can also mean death. Yamagata Prefecture has a legend, and a strong belief in it. The legend is that if hanako san speaks to you in a frightening voice, you are to die at the claws of a three-headed lizard. Different prefectures seem to have a different opinion on what type of creature comes out of the toilet, such as a head, a bloody hand, or a large white hand. While these legends slightly differ from school to school, prefecture to prefecture, one thing is known among every student, Do not bother Hanako-san, or you might not live to see another day. You may be wondering what happens if you are unfortunate enough to encounter the legendary haunting of Hanako-san. According to legends, the only way to defeat her is to present her perfect grades, and only then can your life be spared. However, one should heed warning, while some believe it can be any perfect grade, it is said that the only method to defeat her is to present perfect grades of an exam. But it's also said that it's impossible to defeat her, and once you're lured in, there's no turning back. There are also rumors that Hanako-san likes to play in the schoolyard, and because of this, if you scrape your knee in the schoolyard, you might get cursed with a fungal infection that grows mushrooms throughout your leg and body some teachers also add to this story by telling their students if they play outside without permission hanako-san will curse them with mushrooms there are variations between how hanako-san died as well it is most commonly believed that she died from a bomb in world war ii but some believe that she was an abused victim driven by some sort of atrocious act or bullying and committed suicide or was murdered at the school In some prefectures, Hanako-san is believed to have died from some other strange and unfortunate accident, such as falling out of a library window. Her name originates from the early 50s when Hanako was a popular female name in Japan, which was about the time when the legend began. Since then, schoolchildren were often forced by classmates into an attempt at summoning Hanako-san, either by bullying or by means of initiation while the Braver have tried to summon Hanako-san for pure entertainment. The rumors and legends did not stay in classrooms. Hanako-san has appeared in films, manga, and video games. She made an appearance in the film Tori no Hanako-san. There are two versions of this film. The first version, released in 1995, was set in an elementary school and centered on a boy named Takuya and a new transfer student named Seiko. Takuya's classmates think that Seiko has been possessed by Hanako, the ghost that lives in the bathroom. The rumor is especially encouraged by a girl who has a crush on Takuya, and is jealous since Takuya likes Seiko. The second version, released in 1998, centers on a group of high school girls who inadvertently release a demonic doll from a shrine outside their school. Maida Ai stars in both versions, although she plays a boy in the first movie and a girl in the second. Prior to the second movie, there was a 1997 video series that also dealt with a group of high school girls and their encounters with the infamous Hanako. With so many legends, personal accounts, and films, could the urban legends be true? After all, Hanako-san is one of the most popular elementary school superstitions in Japan and perhaps just perhaps there's some truth to it while it may sound like an odd trend there are quite a few yokai and your that reside within bathrooms and toilets most any person from japan will tell you that they have tried to summon hanako-san while they were in elementary school my gaze had landed on a window And in that window stood a young girl she seemed to be around iroku's age she had a short bob haircut that styled her dark brown locks her skin was pale and her eyes were so empty the moment i laid eyes on her i felt vomit creep up my throat and i gagged chills ran down my spine and my eyes traveled to the familiar red dress she wore miku I was pulled out of my thoughts by my brother's voice and a small tug on the sleeve of my shirt. I looked down at his worried eyes, still in a daze. I snapped my head back towards the window and the girl was nowhere to be seen. My heart rate picked up and it became hard to breathe. I grabbed Iroku's hand and pulled him away from the school entrance. I ran as fast as I could without losing my grip on his hand. Luckily, our house wasn't far from the school. Once we got back, I took off my backpack, dropped it on the floor, and took my brother's off for him while he slipped his shoes off. After taking off my own shoes, I ran to the telephone and immediately dialed my father's phone number. I waited for several moments that felt like hours. Dairoku walked up beside me and grabbed a hold of my wrist. Miku, what's wrong? You're really scaring me. I gave him the gentlest smile that I could muster and placed a finger over my mouth, signaling him to quiet down in case our father picked up the phone. There was a loud beep, and I tried again, but when it didn't work, I cursed silently under my breath, my heart still not having calmed down since earlier. I tried my mom's number, and I waited a little more impatiently this time tapping the nail of my pointing finger against the table until finally she picked up. This is... Before she could say anything, I interrupted her. Mom, it's me. I can't take Dairoku to that school, Mom. I saw her. It was her. The girl who took Kofuku away from us. Whoa, slow down. What are you talking about, Miku? Where are you? I took in a deep breath and exhaled heavily, attempting to calm myself down but failing miserably. It was her mom, Hanako-san. I saw her. My mom went silent on the other end of the line, and I had to check to make sure she hadn't hung up. Mom? Miku, I don't know what is going on with you, but those stories were pushed aside when you were little, because you were young, but you are 17 now. Take your brother to school. Do you have any idea how much he had been looking forward to today? I bit my lip and guilt began to fill my head as I looked over at my little brother, who stood beside me with tears streaming down his face, sobbing and sniffling. I'm sorry, Mom. I'll take him to school now, I said with a defeated sigh. I hung up the phone and looked over at him. His sobbing had calmed down slightly after I hung up the phone. Now he just looked up at me with big eyes and occasional sniffles. I rubbed the tears away from my own cheeks before kneeling to wipe his away with a reassuring smile, or so I hoped. I'm sorry, Dairoku. It's been so long since I've gone back to school, and I sort of freaked out. If we run, you'll make it just in time, though I'll more than likely be a little late, but that's okay. He nodded quickly in agreement, and I grabbed his hand, gently this time leading him over towards the door to gather our things and put our shoes back on. Once we got back to school, I kneeled to his height once again and ruffled his hair. Bidding our goodbyes, I watched him walk through the doors with a terrible feeling deep within myself. Before turning to leave, I peered towards the window once again. Still, that girl was gone, but the image was still permanently burned into my brain. After school, I walked back to the elementary school to get Dairoku. That night, the dinner table was quiet, besides Dairoku's rants about his first day of school. I assumed that my mother had spoken to my father about the incident today, which is why they both seemed a little tense since my brother and I had gotten home. I didn't touch my food and zoned completely out of the conversation until a very familiar name had been mentioned. I made a new friend today. Her name is Hanako. She likes to play hide-and-seek. I snapped my head up to look at him, my heart dropping down to my stomach. There's no way it's the same girl. Until he continued. She's kind of weird, though. She only wants to hang out in the old closed-down bathrooms on the third floor. Dairoku, you shouldn't go into such places without permission. My mother butted in before I could make a comment. And my father followed up as well. Your mother's right. You could get into lots of trouble, you know. He still made comments, even though he seemed more interested in his dinner than the conversation at hand, but that's just how he always had been. That night was rough. I kept waking up to the same nightmares. The next morning was even worse. I looked and felt as though I hadn't slept in weeks. I had dark circles, and my eyes were bloodshot. I felt nauseous from the lack of sleep and gagged a little every few minutes. For the first time in my school years, I gulped down a cup of coffee before leaving for school with my brother. The coffee wasn't much help in my first period. I had passed out on my desk only after a few seconds into the lesson. I drifted off into eternal darkness, but there was a red light in the distance. There was some type of magnetic force that constantly pulled me closer to the light. And before I knew it, I stood behind a young girl with a bob cut and dressed in a red dress. I tried to speak to her, but nothing came out. But nonetheless, she began to slowly turn towards me. I felt dread fill my senses as I made eye contact with her. I couldn't hear a single thing, but I watched in horror as she mouthed a simple word. Run. Before I could make a move to follow her command, she grabbed my throat and I jumped awake, scaring my classmates in the process. That nightmare stuck in my head throughout the rest of the day, all the way up until I stood outside the very school where she seemed to live. My brother ran up to me with so much more enthusiasm than he had yesterday. He jumped into my arms and immediately pulled both towards him so he could drag me towards the school. Come on, there's someone I want you to meet. He dragged me into the school, fully of my own will, and I didn't think much of it. That is, until the path he had chosen started to give me a sense of strong déjà vu. We were headed to the third floor of the building. I felt myself slowly begin to go into a state of panic. He dragged me into an all-too-familiar old bathroom, and I pulled my arms out of his grip before he could do anything. Chills ran down my spine the moment I set foot into that dreaded room, and immediately it had felt off. Just like it had when Kovku and I had came here all those years ago. Dairoku, what on earth do you think you're doing? Are you crazy? Do you have any idea where we are? The voice simply ignored my obvious protest and began to look around the room for something, until finally his eyes landed on the space behind me. I stared at him in confusion as an excited smile painted his features with excitement. There you are. This is who I wanted to introduce you to. She's my older sister, Miku. I swung around to look for who he had been speaking to, but saw no one. I looked back towards him with goosebumps scattered across my skin. I searched around for any source of who he could have been speaking to. But no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't see anyone. Dairoku approached me and pushed on my arms to turn me around completely, and still there was not a single person in sight. This is Hanako. Hanako says she wants to play a game with you. Go ahead, Hanako. Tell her. Right at that moment, cold chills covered my entire body, and my teeth began to chatter until there was a sudden voice in my left ear that was way too quiet for anyone to hear. But somehow, I was able to understand. Run! I screamed and immediately grabbed my brother's wrist, running out of the restrooms and out into the hallway. But a sudden grip on both of my ankles stopped me from proceeding any further. I lost my grip on Dairoku's wrist as I began to slide backwards on my stomach looking up at him to see an excited smile slapped across his face as he waved goodbye to me. I screamed loud as I watched him leave my line of sight, my heart dropping way down into my stomach as my body had been dragged into the restroom at an inhumane speed. When I finally came to a stop, I was inside the bathroom stall, leaned over the toilet with a sinister smile meeting my vision. I screamed even louder, more in pain rather than fear, as the owner of the sinister smile began to pull me with some type of force, my bones cracking all throughout my body until finally I blacked out. The last thing that I remember before all reality was ripped away from me was that vibrant red color of her dress as she waved goodbye to me from the edge of the toilet. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Tales from the Break Room and Redwood Bureau. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmankarian at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. Tune in next week as we discuss the Lodge of Bliss, a demonic seductress from Caribbean folklore. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one.